Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. Well, Big Ten football is back. Yay! We're all very excited to see the Buckeyes return to the field. And as of this recording, they're doing fine. Right. Our team is. But one thing we want to um, talk about today is that uh, the quarterback of the team, Justin Fields, has been getting a lot of press about his newly adopted vegan plant-based lifestyle. It's been discussed on the, the broadcast in both games. And so I thought it would be a good idea to unpack that plant-based vegan diet. And if this is something you're considering, maybe give you some tips to get started. Well, yes, I'm so excited that football's back. It does feel good to have something to watch. I I did miss it. I did miss yeah. sports. That's my sport is college football. I have yeah, to admit. It's, the piped in noise kind of helps me a little more normal. normal, yeah. normal. Um, but it's been really nice to, to have, like you said, that distraction on Saturday afternoons. Right. But what... I was, Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, yeah, so one of the things I, you know, been in the making my ears perk up every time I hear the broadcast talk about Justin Fields' new diet. Yeah. And I, I just want people to understand that, yes, he's on a plant-based diet, but he also, because he's a member of the Ohio State football team, I know how many dietitians are around him, and I know how much medical staff is around him. And I want people to know that a vegan diet is, well, there are a lot of health benefits, and we'll go through those in a minute, but there's some health concerns with the way you're doing it and making sure you're doing it properly. So I wanted to make sure that people do it properly. I mean, I eat probably a vegan breakfast every morning. Um, <laughs> my, my breakfast is typically a vegan meal. I'm not vegan, but... You know, I think all of us do eat that way sometimes, and uh, there are a lot of benefits to it, right? I, right, and I think we've talked about that in previous podcasts, that you don't necessarily have to extend your reach all of the way into being a vegetarian or even a vegan to eat a more plant-based diet. And I think, you know, when people assume they hear plant-based diet, they think vegetarian or vegan, but it's not necessary. Like you mentioned, you eat a vegan breakfast every morning to or both feed in. But some people choose to do that. And, right. and that's okay, too. I mean, neither of those options are wrong. They're just different. It's like Chevy and Ford. It's which, which truck do you want to drive? Right. You know, they're pretty much the same. And you, can, you get to the same goal of having a healthy, balanced diet. It's just how you get there. What car yeah. do you get there? Yeah. Yeah. So let's back up. And, and we thought today we would give you a better definition of what a vegan right. diet is versus vegetarian diet. There's lots of information out there. Um, I got some of this information today from the Vegetarian Nutrition Practice Group, which is a practice group of the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics, which is one of our governing organizations. And we'll post, post a link to the, the Vegetarian Practice Group on uh, today's show notes because there's just a wealth of information on this website about vegetarianism and veganism. But they had some really great sort of easy to understand diet, uh, definitions mm -hmm. um, on the website. So I thought I'd kind of start with those. So 
vegetarians do not consume fish meat or poultry and then there are different kinds of vegetarians and you you know if somebody says they're a vegetarian they might not tell you which kind they are yeah. but tend, tend to know which kind they are <laughs> a lacto vegetarian consumes dairy product and an ovo vegetarian consumes eggs so it would make sense to somebody is a lacto ovo vegetarian they consume both dairy products and eggs but no meat a vegan does not consume any animal or insect derived products including dairy products eggs and even honey and that makes sense because those are from bees this group avoids animal and insect based food dyes binders and additives and that's important to remember a lot of those things that we, we've had an episode on food dyes you know sometimes can be derived from animals or insects so they would avoid those as well those are the basic classifications i personally know some vegetarians i'm putting quotes up <laughs> who are actually pescatarians and in fact if you look into it i think and if you do a search with the justin fields you'll see that he actually does occasionally eat seafood fish i believe in in uh different products so you know there's different varying degrees of course and Ultimately, what we want is to pe have people eating more plant-based food. So the other thing to remember, I think, remember is with food labeling, currently there's no governmental definition of something that's labeled vegetarian. Sometimes you'll see certified vegan, but those are going to be done by private organizations that might certify you know, something to be a vegan product. But the FDA is not certifying things as vegetarian or vegan. So we're looking for a governmental definition that that's not what we're going to do. But if you, you might again have organizations, you know, that will put a certified vegan onto a product. And again, those products would have to apply for that certification. So um, you'd want to do your research and figure out what that meant exactly right, then because. Right. Well, yeah, it's a label claim, but it's not necessarily something that's heavily regulated. Sure. Okay. So that's the other thing to remember. But you had mentioned, you know, that, you know, that plan for a more plant-based diet. I think sometimes when folks go vegetarian or vegan, they tend to gravitate towards some of those more processed foods. So the veggie crumbles and the veggie burgers and lots of pasta and maybe don't steer towards some of those healthier vegetarian options. So I thought we'd talk about those today as well. Yeah, I think so. I feel like if I were to do it, I would probably be <laughs> trying to try some of those products and and using those, utilizing those uh, as I transitioned away from consuming meats. And that might be a good way to do that um, and use those products. But we know those are more processed and therefore may not be the best choices for you. So learning how to cook vegetarian is important too. I think there's a, a big difference between like an impossible burger or a beyond burger or making your own veggie burgers. You know, uh -huh. with potatoes and quinoa and brown rice and those types of things where you can pick out a super healthy, you know, very plant-based, unprocessed product. Versus, and again, I feel like we spent a lot of time on Beyond and Impossible Burgers, but it's almost like you're just trying to replace what you were eating with meat with something that's plant-based. Right. And it's fun. Bad, not bad. I mean, it's it's sort of a 
I don't want to, I don't want to use the word crutch, but because that's not what it is. Right. But it is um, just replacing something that, you know, uh, your meat with something that tastes like meat may not be the healthiest option for an exclusively vegetarian diet. And so let's back up and talk about, like, the health benefits that we're talking about here. Because I think the majority of people who go towards a vegetarian or vegan are doing it because of the health benefits. Right. Occasionally it's also the animal rights side of things and environment and other issues, but primarily it's for the health benefits. Right. You know, I think there, you know, there's a thought of sustainability and those types of things that go along with vegetarian diets. But let's talk about maybe some of those health benefits. You know, we know uh, a well-planned vegetarian or vegan diet can reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, other chronic health conditions uh, may also be affected. Yeah, because um, even if you don't have those, you could lower your LDL or your bad cholesterol and improve your glucose levels with this type of diet. Right. And we know that vegetarians on the whole are probably consuming more fiber, uh, more potassium, which is great for blood pressure, vitamin C and E, phytochemicals, because hopefully they're eating more fruits and vegetables than somebody who isn't a vegetarian or vegan. And ideally, maybe less saturated fat, fewer added sugars, and other processed foods. But again, it depends on a, whether it's a well-planned or more of a haphazard vegan diet or vegetarian diet, you know, on whether that would be appropriate. Yeah, because we all know there are people out there who are following these diets and maybe not doing it the right way. And, and <laughs> so, yeah, you're a vegetarian. That's great. But you're not eating the fruits and vegetables still. That's not going to help you. free all the time, I have to say. For people who are choosing to follow a gluten-free diet whether rather than a medically necessary gluten-free diet, I see that a lot. You know, but even sometimes with folks who are on medically necessary gluten-free diets, they tend to gravitate towards anything that's labeled gluten-free, whether that's a gluten-free bun or gluten-free cookies or gluten-free brownies. You know, they tend to gravitate more towards just anything that's a substitute for something that they were missing on their gluten-free diet. So I totally get it, right? And I can you know can see how that that can you know be in a lot be applied to a lot of different diets. For sure, absolutely. So maybe we want to start with some of those main nutrients. And I think probably, you probably hear this as the dietitian, and I know I do as well. When somebody says they're a vegetarian or vegan, the first reaction of everybody is, oh my goodness, how are you going to get enough protein? Right, yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah, protein I think is the one nutrient that a lot of people are afraid of going vegetarian or vegan because they feel like they're not going to get enough protein. When in reality... That's probably one of the least uh, worrisome nutrients as far as I'm concerned as a dietitian. I agree. I think, you know, most of us eat more protein than we need. And I have, I mean, maybe folks who are, you know, a little older who maybe have more trouble eating a larger quantity of food might have trouble um, if they were vegetarian or vegan and getting enough protein. But I would think the average young to middle-aged person is not going to have difficulty getting in protein on a vegetarian or a vegan diet. Right. Special note with athletes. <laughs> and that's that's where Justin Fields is a real advantage. Right. Here. You know, I'm sure he has a goal of protein to hit every day 
that that dietitian who's working with him is making sure is he's hitting. Right, right. And that that's, I, yeah. I worry about that because I think that in a way, vegetarian and vegan, and this is kind of a, um, a <laughs> almost a privileged diet. You know, it's not something that might be accessible to everyone. And so that's important to realize that if you are considering doing this, you do need to do it with caution and with care and uh, make sure that you do seek out those resources that are available to you to help you with that transition. But in terms of protein, I think you can just take some of the lessons that we talk about. We just talk about basic meal planning. So protein as part of every meal and snack is so important, just for satiety, but also Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're meeting your protein needs. But, you know, I I think there are, like you said, far more nutrients of concern than protein when we get into a vegetarian diet. But first of all, we'll probably, we'll go ahead and put a link to this to calculate how much protein you need. I think that's the other thing. There's an impression that we need just a humongous amount of protein in our diet. Yeah. And that's really not the case. No, it's Um, not. We'll put up a calculator on the website if you want to, you know, calculate the amount of protein you need a day. But generally, we take your weight in pounds and you multiply it by 0.4 grams. So the example would be a, Maybe somebody who weighs 140 pounds times 0.4 grams equals 56 grams a day. Not a lot. Right. Again, that seems like, oh, I thought I needed 200 grams of protein a day. Don't. Right. And I think the thing thing that might be confusing with the protein is the idea of where does it come from? Well, if you're not eating meat, if you're not, you know, where are you getting protein? And in the case... Right. In the case of vegans, we're talking about getting quite outside of the box, at least with your vegetarians who are consuming your dairy and your eggs. We know those are great sources of protein, obviously. Of course, you don't want all your protein to come from those. You do want some plant-based protein, so uh, nuts uh, and uh, tofu, uh, soy can be created into just an endless number of (laughs) varieties to give you protein in a uh, variety of ways. So, you know, everything from soy nuts to uh, tofu to tempeh, all that, right? Um, And don't forget beans. You know, beans are a wonderful source of protein. So instead of maybe purchasing black bean burgers, you know, the freezer case, looking at making your own black bean burgers, adding maybe some oatmeal uh, as a binder. You know, you can really do some cool things with beans. Yeah. So looking at that as a source of protein, but lentils and chickpeas and, you know, even just thinking about, you know, throwing a couple tablespoons of peanut butter or almond butter into your morning oatmeal, as opposed to just adding, you know, adding butter or brown sugar. So almond butter or peanut butter might be a good option. Yeah. And take those beans and throw them on a salad. And then you've got a good protein source in your salad. Um, Nuts, seeds, things like that. Uh, Yeah. Um, Maybe have some hummus with vegetables for a snack. Yeah. Um, You know, or peanut butter on celery or something like that to 
you know, again, round out your meal, round out your snack, feel more satisfied, but also meet your protein goals. Yep. So, yeah, I think protein is not an issue too much. So let's talk about other nutrients. So the other one that I am concerned about with maybe the top of the list with somebody who is vegan would be B12. Yep. So if you want, yeah. Yeah. So B12 is an important nutrient. It helps us make DNA, helps us with our nerves and blood, keeps our blood cells healthy. And so it is one of those nutrients that's key. And we do find that some people, when you become anemic, it's because you don't have enough B12. And that's not always because you're vegetarian either. (laughs) So we all struggle with this sometimes, this nutrient. Right. (laughs) Yep. And B12 is one of those things that it's not in everything, you know. So it's not something that's sort of just, you know, kind of ubiquitous in our diets. You know, you have to purposefully make sure that you're eating foods that have B12 in them. You can become deficient. You would be diagnosed with B12 deficiency by your doctor. But you want to make sure that, you know, if you are a vegan or a vegetarian, that you are making sure that you're eating some B12, you know, in your foods on purpose. And if you're not looking at a supplement when appropriate. And sometimes a supplement, if your B12 gets so low, might be an injection. So this is one of those nutrients that you need to have checked by your physician if you're vegetarian and and or vegan. Both classifications, I would have it checked at least every year or at least every two years. Right. Some vegans use what we call nutritional yeast. They add that to food for B12 content, but it may not be enough B12 to meet your needs. So, you know, yes, B12 can be sort of stored in your body, but eventually those stores will get depleted. The other thing to remember is there are some medications that deplete B12 in our body. A good example of this is metformin, which um, is used in people with diabetes. So you then want to make sure that you're having B12 levels checked. And in any course, if you have any intestinal malabsorption, celiac disease or Crohn's disease, you want to make sure that you're getting your B12 levels checked as well. Yep. Absolutely. Let's think about bone health and the vegetarian diet. Of course, we know calcium and vitamin D and the roles that those play, but let's talk a little bit about that in terms of being a vegetarian or a vegan. Right. So when we're talking about vegan, obviously, we've taken away all the dairy options for calcium in the diet. So it's more so a nutrient of concern there. But uh, it is calcium can be found in plant and animal sources. There are sources such as your dark green leafies like kale, collard greens, uh, soybeans, and soy products made with calcium. There are a lot of fortified foods with calcium, too, to consider. And uh, some of your nuts and seeds have calcium as well. I'm not a huge fan of, of fruit juice, but if you know if you were a vegan, a glass of calcium-fortified orange juice yep. in the morning would help meet some of those needs. Soy milk is almost always fortified with calcium um, and vitamin D as well. So that's, you know, again, a glass of soy milk would help meet calcium goals yep. um, without violating your vegan diet. And helping um, the protein. <laughs> right. Um, there are fortified breakfast cereals, like you mentioned, and then there are greens and, you know, nuts and almond butter and those types of things that will also give you calcium. But I think it's really important because... You know, if you are at all at risk for bone density issues, whether it's just naturally from your genetics or from your lifestyle, you know, we only build 
bone to a certain point yep. in our lives. <laughs> so especially if you're a young person taking on a vegan diet, you do not want to neglect, neglect your bone health. Right. Especially while you're putting it on. So absolutely. It may be that your diet may require some fortification of calcium through supplements, not just through fortified foods. Right. And then vitamin D. And I think so many people are vitamin D deficient. Yeah. We vegetarian or vegan. Right. Um, we live in Ohio, frankly, and it's gray here today. Yep. And, you know, even though I took a walk in the sunshine this morning, you know, if I didn't get out to this afternoon, I might not get some of the benefits of that vitamin D from the sunshine. So talk a little bit about vitamin D because I think that's the other thing is people assume they can just eat enough vitamin D and that's really not the case. Right. For most of us, there just aren't enough food sources and or vitamin D in the diet. Maybe we're finding that it's not absorbed as well as we think it is maybe and, and it's just not... It's something that a lot of people are deficient in, and we're finding that actually the sunshine source of vitamin D is our best bet, and yet we're wearing sunscreen and things like that, so we're just not getting it. We do find that vitamin D is available in some foods, but most of those are, you know, fatty fish, milk, eggs, egg yolks, and uh, liver, and so that's not going to work for your vegan diet at all and very minimally uh, for your vegetarian. But it's, again, something that you can find fortified in certain foods if you're looking for it and making sure that you do. Those dairy alternatives generally will be fortified with vitamin D and... Uh, and calcium too. And calcium too, right, right. I mean, if you're, you know, playing the comparison game in the grocery store, and you <laughs> pull out two containers of soy milk, you know, maybe if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, picking the one that has more vitamin D and more calcium in, and utilizing that to help meet your needs. Yeah, because there are there are differences. There can be differences, so do pay attention to that. Absolutely. Um, another area of concern is iron, because I really feel like. You know, most people, when they think about iron, they think about a nice big steak yep. or a burger. <laughs> so, you know, what are some of these other sources of iron that somebody who is a vegan, vegan right. or vegetarian might select? When I think we have to talk about iron, iron is available both in plant and animal sources. And again, this is another nutrient where we find those of us even eating a traditional diet can be deficient in, so can find ourselves deficient in. So it is definitely a nutrient of concern, uh, especially when you get into vegetarian and vegan, because when you talk about the, there is what we call heme iron and non-heme iron, and your heme iron is found from animal sources and your non-heme iron is found from plant sources. But what we know is our bodies don't absorb from plant sources as well as they do from animal products. Right. So what this means, and iron deficiency just in general is not great. So there may be a lot of iron in a product. If you're looking at how much iron is in it, the amount that the body absorbs is not <laughs> as great as that. So 
Um, one of the things I always tell people is when you're consuming iron from plant sources is to make sure that you have a citrus source with it. So citrus, or I'm sorry, a vitamin C source. So such as citrus, like lemon, uh, orange, like a glass of orange juice or a lemon wedge even in your water can help increase your absorption of iron at that meal from plant sources. Right. Then there are a lot of fortified items, you know, like fortified breakfast cereals. Yep. You know, that have iron added to them. So again, if you're choosing a breakfast cereal, if you're a vegan, you're going to have that with some soy milk. You know, choose one that's fortified with iron. There's dark leafy greens, beans, like you, again, you said, and I agree with this, they're not as well absorbed as you might get from red meat um, or from other good sources of iron. So you want to make sure that you know, you're doing everything you can do, like you said, combining with vitamin C, and then also, again, just making sure that you're choosing high iron foods every day. But it makes sense. If you're choosing beans as your protein, guess what? You're also getting iron. Yeah. So sometimes, and I think that's part of it. You know, it feels like, oh, this is a lengthy list of foods, but so many of these foods do double duty. Right. You know, they really do. Yeah. Or some triple duty. Yeah. You know, they're providing, you know, a glass of soy milk to provide your calcium, your vitamin D, and your protein. You know, see, so you've got lots of good options here. It, it feels like this sort of lengthy list of things that you have to eat to be a healthy vegan and a vegetarian, but it, it's really not the case. So many of these foods will give you multiple health benefits. Absolutely. What about omega-3 fatty acids? Because again, people who are, we think about omega-3 fatty acids, we traditionally think about salmon, tuna, but let's talk about maybe some of those heart healthy omega-3 fatty acids that don't come from animals. Right, so we do have quite a few sources of those in our diets. A lot of us are choosing to consume like flaxseed, chia seeds, uh, walnuts, but even my favorite is the cooking oils that you use. Like canola oil is one of those oils that are that's high in omega-3 fatty acids. So I tend to use that a lot. Uh, you can also, of course, get it from flaxseed oil and soybean oils uh, in those types of sources. And again, I think, you know, we put a lot of focus on food in this podcast. And I'm, again... I don't want people to take away from this, I'm a proponent of dietary supplements, because I'm not. But there are some situations, you know, I always talk about people don't typically need to take a dietary supplement, because most of us eat a varied enough diet that we get everything we need. And the other thing to remember is it's not important or necessary to hit the recommended daily allowance or dietary reference intake or whatever you want to call it every day. Our bodies do have some capacity to absorb things and keep a little you know, store, just like B12, you, you store a little bit in your body, but it's not something that you are, you know, going to be able to keep long-term without making sure that you're getting a good source. So, you know, if you do find you have a documented deficiency or if your doctor is monitoring your vitamin D levels or your B12 levels, yes, take the dietary supplement when necessary. Same thing with omega-3 fatty acids. If it's not your not your jam to use flaxseed right. or use canola oil or whatever, then you might need to take a supplement if necessary. Yep. And and the omega-3s, just I don't think we mentioned, but I mean, they're important for our brain and central nervous system and in a variety of uh, systems, especially with to do with the nervous system. So it can be very beneficial or 
very necessary to make sure you're getting enough of those. So what about, like, for example, women who are pregnant or who are planning to become pregnant? Do we feel like this is a safe option for those folks? So this is where, as a dietitian, I'll make a confession. (laughs) I feel like I would not feel comfortable working with that population. I would recommend a dietitian who specializes in vegetarian and veganism and have them work with that person because it's so critical to make sure that you aren't behind on some of these, especially when we talk about omega-3s. We know how important that is for the development of a baby in that, you know, when a baby is developing that brain, eyes, and nervous system, that's one of the first things that happens and making sure you're getting enough omega-3s is very key when you're pregnant. So especially, and then also just calcium and things like that and making sure the mom is getting enough so the mom isn't depleting their stores and that type of thing. So it can be done, absolutely. Okay, so let me say that. (laughs) I'm being a little negative, but I mean, just because I'm not familiar with it and I'm not as comfortable with it and I don't think all dietitians are and that's okay. It's just not my specialty. We will put a link in the show notes to um, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics has a wonderful Find an RD option on their website. We do register for that, so not every dietitian is registered with it. So if you don't see a local dietitian, it doesn't mean that there is no dietitian in your area. You can search, search by zip code. You can search by specialty. I'm listed on that. I know I have dietitians at our hospital who are listed on that. Again, what we specialize in, but also what we're comfortable in treating. And I agree with you. If I had a, a prospective mama who was coming to me talking about her vegan diet, I might refer that patient out yep. to somebody who has more experience in counseling that particular population. Because, you know, for example, a B12 deficiency could raise the risk of preterm birth. I don't want anything to do with that. Right. You know, <laughs> I want to make sure that those types of things are being monitored, make sure anemia, which is already an issue in pregnancy for many women, isn't an issue. Right. Making sure that, again, like you said, mom is not depleting her calcium stores to benefit the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, she wanted, you know, we want to make sure that she has healthy bones later on in life, especially if she's had many children. We want to make sure that there's no issues with that. And then again, vitamin D, uh, just like we've talked about already, we want to make sure that they're not deficient in that during pregnancy. But yeah, I'll put that link on the show notes because I think it's important to know that just like a doctor, not every dietitian specializes in everything. And I have a issue with, you know, sometimes dietitians need to make sure that they're staying in the lane that they're comfortable counseling, right? you know, and that they have experience in counseling because, you know, you can read about it all you want, but nothing is like experience, right? Working with several people in that population. And I also think it's important. I was, while you were talking, I was thinking about this too, is it's important to make sure your doctor doesn't always ask you what your diet is, but it's important to make sure your doctor is aware of your diet if you're pregnant, especially if you're pregnant and you're vegan or pregnant and you're vegetarian. You may not think it's important, but I think it's very important to make sure that your doctor is aware of it because you're, if you went to a dietitian, they would probably be recommending, hey, I need to get your B12 value checked. I I would like you to get these lab values for me. And I think that it's important for the doctor to know so that they know why you're asking for those types of things and 
or they should be instigating. Right. Just like dietary supplements, um, you know, uh, doctors are not necessarily the experts in diet and they shouldn't be. They should refer out just like we would, you know, ask to, you know, refer to a physician or a dietitian when necessary. But I, I think it's important to be completely honest when, with your physicians about what diet you're following, whether it's no or whether it's veganism or it's gluten-free or whatever. I think being really honest, sometimes you might feel like your doctor sort of blows past it, but your OBGYN, if you're a vegan, shouldn't. Right. They, they should, their ears should perk up. Mm -hmm. and say, okay, we want to keep an eye on some things that might be deficient in your diet or just evaluate what your lab, lab levels look like to see where supplementation is necessary. Yep. Finally, let's kind of cover eating out really quickly. You know, it, again, we have lots of options like the Beyond Burgers and those types of things, but sometimes people who are vegan or vegetarian might feel like the salad is the only thing on the menu. So what other things could vegans or vegetarians choose when they eat out sure i mean there's a if you're willing to be uh ex, kind of an explorer in your diet there's a lot of different cuisines that have a lot of fabulous uh dishes that you could try i mean i think of a lot of indian food is is uh, vegetarian a lot of i mean of course, Chinese food and everything. I mean, there's so many options these days, and most restaurants have some sort of vegetarian or vegan option available. Right. If you you know, if you end up in a situation where maybe there's not a you know vegan choices on the menu, you can look for other ways to sort of kind of piece it together. So you know, having hummus uh, for an appetizer, adding vegetables or a salad without meat. Uh, or even just, you know, if there's something, an option to have kind of a vegetable plate. So whether that's, you know, the baked potato, I always think of Cracker Barrel and my mom <laughs> loves the vegetable plate there. She gets three or four different kinds of vegetables and a baked potato and that makes a pretty great meal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it, it's, I feel like it's easier and easier to find those options when you're eating out into yeah. If you go to a fancy restaurant now, I mean, they will often, of course, you know, they'll have the gluten-free things marked, but they'll also have the vegan items marked, and obviously that's pretty exciting, so. Yeah, yeah, so. So, message today, don't go it alone. Right. You know, you're on your radar, I think you can really do this in a healthy way, and I applaud those who want to take this on, but it is something that it's not, it's not a DIY situation with so many things in diet, this is this is one of them. Because there are risks for legitimate deficiencies that can affect your health. Right. So. Yeah. So we'll post those show notes, we'll post those links, and we look forward to your show ideas. You can reach us at secret at the Secret Life RD website. You can also email us at dish at secretliferd.com. You can reach us on Instagram at the Secret Life Dietitians. You can also follow us on Twitter, which I'm terrible about updating. I promise to be better <laughs> at Dietitians. And we look forward to seeing you next time wherever you get your podcasts.